The year is 2020. A wasteland and a field of ruin have destroyed our mana bases. There is but one solution, one way to save the metagame. Brave souls working for the benefit of us all. Welcome to the Astrolab. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the Astrolab, the only podcast on the internet everyone seems to want to ban, and, well, I don't think people are as upset about us anymore, but, uh, considering that we're banned in practically everything but vintage, and we don't even see play there. So, cool. Anyways, I am one of your hosts, Joe Dyer, and with me, as always, is Mr. Scott Campbell. How are you doing tonight, Scott? Uh, I'm, I'm okay. Um, still can't wrap my head on around how to build blue-white control in modern. We're going to talk um, about that. Yeah, I have to unlearn what I have learned, and I am not happy still. Uh, however, uh, playing playing Jund, playing actual Jund, not Saga, Raga, Van, Aaron, Forsyth, Dot Deck, whatever. Um, it's okay. It, it's fine. Uh, other than that, been chilling. Oh, uh, Rain Session Zero mm. uh, this past Sunday. So everybody's got characters. We roll dice instead of doing point by okay. for their D&D characters. And we use the actual rules in the player's handbook, not optional rules that were in some other book that they're going to try forcing into the new player's handbook when that comes out in about three years. Tasha's Cauldron and Everything rules. Unless someone can, like, I don't know, get a letter to D&D, R&D, and tell them, don't do this. Mm. Anyway, I haven't written that yet. Um, but... Uh, everybody seemed to have a good time there. I think there may be, a, uh, some frustrations with just getting to actual play because it took right. what I thought. Uh, there are a lot of crunchy bits in, even with something as streamlined as like D&D 5e, there's still a lot of crunchy bits that it kind of doesn't make sense, but it's supposed to be part of your character, it's supposed to be part of your character's backstory or at least provide you some guidance for role playing. Right. So it's like, cool, I have this. What do I do with it? Like, you buy a great axe or a great sword. It's like, cool, I know what to do with this. Where's the monster? Well, we're not there yet. All right, cool, I'll wait. Right. Uh, my my bond, my flaw, what, what do I do with this? Mm-hmm. We'll get there. And some of that is also for me to use to build into the pre-generated campaigns I'm going to be running and find a way to treat, tweak and manipulate and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I need to temper my anxiousness because it won't be until next month, at least knock on wood, until we can get together again. Uh, and I hope it, I hope it happens. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Um, almost through season six of Voyager. Jesus, Scott. I'm plowing through it, dude. And once mm. I'm done with season seven, I, I may just put Trek up for a minute and watch some other stuff because I've not yeah. watched He-Man Revelation or the third chapter in the Transformers War for Cybertron trilogy. Mm. Stuff that's already like way old news. Right. Um, Eternals comes out soon. Ooh, can't wait. Yeah. Um, we yeah. finally just got around to watching Black Widow. Nice. <laughs> so. What did you think about it? it was, I liked it. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I, I really enjoyed uh, Florence Pugh. I thought she did a really fantastic job as Le- Elena. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I kind and of I will it. always enjoy David Harbour and everything. So, oh. <laughs> so, so when I, I let when I let Drew outside to go do our business, and I don't know why I did this. Maybe it's because I, I like the movie probably more than I say I've liked it. But when I open the door to call her back in, I whistle to the same tune <laughs> as the Red Guardian when he presses that on on the chest of his toy. Yeah, uh, I, I I whistle like that, and here she comes running. I'm like. <laughs> She must be part Russian. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> or just a nerd. Uh, right. Well, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I liked it. It was fun. Did you get some Huber Heights, Ohio type feel? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go. I want to go back to Ohio. Like, don't You're get just me like, wrong. Like, like, like wait a minute. Wait, just, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like, nobody's ever said this. <laughs> right. Just the, the, the aesthetic, the, the houses, just the neighborhood. Right. When the yeah. Was a teen, I'm like, is that Huber Heights? Yeah. I just, I, I've been scratching my head on that for a while, and and they're like, they drove by a football field. Right. There's actual gaming played, and I, I keep trying to stop to see if I can see what teams are on the scoreboard. Yeah. 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 It was fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, Eternals next month, and. We'll get the Hawkeye series on Disney Plus, and mm. not too long after that, we'll be Book of Boba Fett. Uh, season three of Mandalorian is being filmed. It, There's a like lot going on. We're, we're hitting our lull, but it's like it's cranking right back up. I can't wait till I can't wait for um, the Last of Us to finish film, filming their first season. Okay. Because um, apparently, like they're really like putting a lot of bank into this, and I mean like a lot. Like I've heard uh, somewhere around the range of like two million plus per season is how much they're putting into this thing, and I'm like, they're like, yeah, we're putting like two million plus per season, and there's gonna be like eight seasons, and we're like, wait, what? what, what? <laughs> like, That's crazy. Uh, okay, and they're like paying Pedro Pascal like six hundred thousand dollars a season. And I'm just like, like I'm in the wrong line of work. right? I'm just like, I'm yeah, yeah. but. uh Will he like have a break? Because if I do, so busy. Yeah, if Mando season three is filming right now, and he goes filming into that, he's like, been he's been filming Last of Us. Oh my goodness! So they um had some shots of him on set mm-hmm. or whatnot, and um it's kind of hard because obviously like it's almost like he's walking onto the set in like one of the shots that they were able to catch of him. So he, of course, you know, he's got like his mask on because it's like COVID, you know, stuff, you know, and so you can't really, you know, see his face Mm -hmm. or anything like that. But you're like, like just looking at like the clothing or whatnot that he's wearing and and everything else. And I was just like, I'm sitting there looking at this picture and I'm like, holy shit, it's Joel. Like, I'm just like, oh my God, like they are doing this. Like it, it's going to be spot on and uh what's her name uh bella ramsey who's also in it uh from uh game of thrones okay uh she was talking about the series the filming uh with like uh one of the web like uh, is an interview with like one of the websites or something and she was like we've got a couple people on the crew that are fans of the game you know and uh all of them have basically said you know every time you walk onto the set it's like walking into the game and I'm like, and she's like, this is like the coolest, biggest thing I've ever been a part of. Like, it's so much fun. And I'm just like, I came so excited. I cannot wait. Like, That's it's awesome. going to be such a cool, cool show. 
I'm sure. Like speaking of Game of Thrones, there's gonna be a a pre Game of Thrones, like a, a prequel series or something mm. set what two thousand years prior to the events. Yeah, I saw something about that. Yeah. I am I am also hopeful. So. Uh, for those of the people that know me, I'm a big fan of the Fallout series, and uh, this weekend, uh, this Saturday, is uh, Happy Bombs Drop Day. Uh, basically, it's the fictional date, uh, October 23rd, 2077, whatever, is the fictional date in the Fallout series uh, when uh, the bombs drop. Uh, and so uh, every year on October 23rd, they always do something. Like, there's always some sort of sale, or there's some sort of bit of news, or something comes out, or whatnot, and we haven't heard anything in a while on the Amazon Prime Fallout series. And I'm like, maybe this weekend they'll say something about it? Like, I hope so. Like, I hope we hear something about that series, because I would like to see a Fallout series. (laughs) So I have 56 years to build a shelter. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 56 years to build a shelter. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's that's just the uh, the joke that they use, though, is that October 23rd is the day the bombs drop, and so they always use it as a, a uh, opportunity to, you know, uh, do something special or have or announce something. I don't know. I doubt we'll hear an announcement this soon after Fallout 76's development on Fallout 5, but... I know that they're running some sales. They've already announced they're running some sales on fall on the Fallout seventy six like in game store for the for it. But I don't know if we'll hear anything else. It'd be kind of interesting. So, but um, there'll be a lot of people posing like this, right? <laughs> That's the a little Fallout kid or whatever. I uh, actually, it's kind of funny. So um, I only got to play a little bit of it, but um, we ha- we subscribe to that uh, PlayStation Now. Uh, service on the the PlayStation, which is the, um, it's not the their service that lets you play online. It's their service that lets you stream games mm-hmm. or whatnot from uh, their streaming service. And um, we, some of them you can download. And most recently, they added Fallout seventy six to that list. Uh, so I was able to kind of fire up the beginning of Fallout seventy six and play around with that and. It's interesting so far. I mean, it's I can see why some people didn't like it, but I'm a big fan of the environment, so I'm just going to explore. So we'll see how it goes. But I have um, never played the series. So. <laughs> uh, my I bought my daughter uh, Minecraft on the PS4 uh, for her birthday. Awesome. Uh, so how, how are you and your family doing so far? We're doing pretty good. Just trying to stay busy. Uh, trying to get through all this house stuff. Uh, last week we were dealing with having a dumpster at the old house and uh, throwing stuff away, and also it missed mostly yard waste and uh, whatnot, and getting rid of some of the wood stuff that we had to throw away and donating stuff, that sort of thing. So pretty busy. Um, I did manage to get out out of the house at least uh, for some fun on Friday night though uh, I went out to uh, D20 uh, and hung out with uh, Steve Sizemore and a couple yeah. of the other guys uh, like Jordan Calhoun was there and Ermin um, uh, Warren showed up our okay. mutual mutual friend Warren showed up yeah. uh, and we played some Proxy Legacy and just had some good times so 
nice. Um, I got to kind of try out a new deck that I've been trying to consider I wanted to try, play, and uh, I ended up running it out on Magic Online uh, this week after uh, playing it on Friday because it's a lot of fun. <laughs> so, uh, and that's the... Um, it's the uh, the like the Emery Lurker of the Lock like Psy uh, Thought Monitor Thought Cast pile. Wow! Uh, and you also get to play Urza Saga, and you also get to play um, like Echo of Eons and Chalice of the Void, and so. Yeah, I'll say outside of Echo of Eons, the creatures you mentioned is probably the top of your curve, right? Uh, yeah, so, uh, basically, like, yeah, the the creature base is literally only four Emery, four Psy, four Thought Monitor. Yeah. Uh, and then you get four thought cast. You also get force of will. Yeah, um, the thought monitor isn't a what seven mana card or however much mm, it costs. Yeah, it's it's it costs it costs one blue most of the time. Yeah, yeah, costs one blue. <laughs> yep, yep. When you're chaining, draw twos like that. It's really good. Like it's super fun to do that. Like you're like, oh, I cast this thought cast. I cast this thought cast. Cast this thought monitor. Like just gonna chain all these draw twos. Then I'm gonna echo and like keep going. Or whatnot, you know, and it's just like, oh, this is dirty. So, yeah. And I, I've won plenty of games with just Urza Saga, just being a card uh, that's just really good. So, it's been a lot of fun. So, I'm cool. considering probably playing it at the the Buffalo Chicken Dip Legacy, which we're going to talk about. Uh, so, that's more than likely what I'm going to end up playing. Although, I do have another list uh, that I'm I put into proxy just to try uh like with goldfishing and stuff because i was just really curious how it played uh my one of my buddies uh podcast uh host uh of the dark Deaths podcast michael mapson uh placed ninth in the challenge last weekend on this deck and it's basically like a similar kind of pile it's you know emery psi thought monitor uh, but it's also playing like Baleful Strix, uh, and Ragavan, uh, and you, you also, <laughs> and you also get Thoughtseize. So there's no chalices. Like you're just playing like Thoughtseize, Ragavan. And it's like yeah, it's like four Ragavan, four Baleful Strix, four Emery, two Psy, four Thought Monitor, and it's just like and you get Urza Saga, and I'm like, I want to do the thing where I just like dash in like a turn one Ragavan off of, like, you know, play, like, you know, Seed of the Sidon, Mox Opal, Bobble, mm-hmm. or whatnot, dash in Ragavan, get in there for a treasure, play another artifact, and then Thought Monitor. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, ooh, that sounds dirty. Uh, place four Portable Hole in the main. Because, sure, why not, Because right? you, you have the ability to generate any color mana. Yeah. Because like, you're playing Spire of Industry, uh, his list was playing for Glimmer Void, and I was talking to him about it, and he said there were a non-zero no- amount of times where he wanted to cast a turn one Ragavan and then had to lose his Glimmer Void because he didn't have an artifact. Ooh. And I was like, I think I want to play another land. So I put in a Mana Confluence yeah. instead, and I think I feel a little bit better with that, with the gold fishing I've been doing with it, because it doesn't feel nearly as bad as, like, Ancient Tomb. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's a little rough. Yeah, like Ancient Tomb is like there's no Ancient Tombs in the list at all. So mm-hmm. because they doesn't play any cards that you would really want to cast with Ancient Tomb. Uh like you're not playing Chalice. So right. uh the other list plays Ancient Tombs. The other place literally it's like it's mana base is literally like 
four ancient tomb, four seat of the synod, two island, four Urza saga, and that's like the lands in the list. Like, nice. and it's it's great though. Like it's super good. So, but um, yeah, I've just been doing that. We um got to play a little bit of the Madness deck too on Friday. Nice. Uh, and whatnot, and thoroughly oh. confused somebody by going uh, Lion's Eye Diamond, and they were like, yeah. And I was just like, okay, well, apparently you don't have a counterspell. Future uh, Damp, and they're like, yeah. And they're like, still trying to figure out what I'm doing. Oh, no. And I'm just <laughs> like, pitch Vengevine, pitch Vengevine, pitch Brutewalla, get back to Vengevine's attack, and they're just like, enter scoop phase. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, yeah, cannot beat that. <laughs> like, nope. No, yeah, it's and they were just like, oh, okay, I get this. I think I get what you're doing now. <laughs> that, it's, it's pretty good. Um, um, you mentioned mana confluence uh, earlier. Have you seen uh, Sodex uh, dredge pile recently? I have running, not. No, no fetch lands. I I think I've well, actually, I think I did see that. Yes. Yeah, running no fetch lands. Running. Mainly fast lands and rainbow lands. Right. Uh, only one life from the loam. Yeah, I uh, think I've seen this list. Yeah. Yeah, it it, it looks wild. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, he might be on to something. I mean, it, he's also that pilot that like knows that archetype inside and out. Yeah, and could so. probably like play. He can probably play any lands in there that he wants. Ham, ham, ham sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he's the reduke of dredge. Yeah. All right. So we got a, we have we had some news and we have some format stuff to talk about. Um, we have secret layers that are out. The not so secret layers. Uh, the not so secret layers. Uh, primarily, I think the biggest one, obviously, is the Stranger Things one, which I am. Uh, I think it's reasonably interesting i think it's fine uh obviously people are like oh my god they've got a partner not partner mechanic but uh, i think that mechanic makes sense um i don't think it would have been smart to put partner on any of these cards uh oh, because no. especially since we have a three color one and having the ability to have a uh, five color partner deck seems kind of dumb so I do appreciate though that because they all have friends forever, uh, that you can put eleven with Mike, and they make a five color deck, and I think right. that's adorable. So that is yes, that's and like you, flavorful to to and the you max. You get them in foil and non foil too. So yes, if you're into Stranger Things but not into foil cards, cool, you have an option. Those artifact lands are neat. Um. The ones that really hit me though are the movie posters, the monster movie posters. Those are pretty sharp. I I did think you, uh, I think those are Kendra or I'm sorry. Did you see what Paige pointed out today with uh, Dismember? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, Yogmoth and Rebecca. Yep. 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 That's pretty pretty cool. That's uh, pretty sharp. I also really like I I do like the Midnight Hunt lands. I think those are neat because I like that frame. Um, but I also really like the Liliana the the. One with uh, Liliana's Death Majesty and Rise of the Dark Realms and Gravecrawler. Because I think that art style is just wildly crazy. And I, Oh, yeah. Yeah, the thrilling tales of the undead, the pulp, the pulp style. Yeah, here it is. Yeah. Yeah, there are only three of them, which was weird. Yeah. That, that threw some people off, like, all right, what's the fourth one? But no, this is fine. 
Yeah, they're neat. I think that they're really neat looking. So, isn't Gravecrawler wearing like fuzzy slippers or something in that she's, one? She's like, it's like a dress. Like, it's like a cool like pulp like novel style. Right. It's all art by a uh, artist named Faye Dalton. Uh, and yeah, fantastic art. We also got one today that we got announced, which is the Extra Life one, which is the really cool because it's the kids kids drawings along with the uh, artist interpretation of the kids drawings, which is really really fun. So awesome. Yeah. So yeah, secret layers. More 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 secret layers. I'll I'll admit, like as far as the as far as the Stranger Things one. I'm like, eh, mainly because um, I kind of want to rule zero. Like, all right, all the heroes from Stranger Things are in my command zone. Like, <laughs> right? um, and then here's my deck. It's just five colors of whatever, right? Uh, whatever the theme would be, uh, especially with the new card that was revealed today. Which is the uh, the lab? Yeah, the link is to the upside down. Man, that is sick. I'm like, the card's right, really good. That's some that's some cool flavor. Yeah. Um, and but they they did announce obviously that um, you know that these things will be printed in their magic versions on the list. Uh, and they did say that uh, they were really going to bump up the the curation of these cards, of their magic versions. And they print all of them, though. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because no, nowhere has it been said, at least anywhere that I've read, that's been concrete stamped. We will print all of them. That those are the words I'm looking. For I don't. I don't think I ever read anything that said they would only print ones that were popular either. Right, but it just it kind of led to that ambiguity. And I think it may have even been said once by I want to say Rosewater, maybe mm. or Forsyth. I, I don't know. On, I just on, heard. I just heard that streets. they were they were all going to be in uh, streets in New Capenna, right? Uh, set boosters. And, and the only time they're doing it that specific way, they're going to figure out the proper allocation going forward. Well, well, and what they did say was like they would be one in one in eight streets in New Capenna boosters. Right. And so like that's boosters. that's a, a set boosters. That's a lot. That's a that, yeah. that, that's a lot of if you're getting one at one and eight is getting a Stranger Things card that's reskinned as a magic card. Uh so I, I hope they peel away some of the drap the set boosters are so weird, man. Because the whole thing with set boosters is like for those people who wish to crack a pack and not draft. But then a lot of stuff that's on the list is draft chat. So, yeah, well, I'm sure they'll adjust the list by then, but so I, I just like, for instance, with us being an in Innistrad, I would <clears> hope <throat> I was hoping that the set boosters would be reprints of stuff from Innistrad mm. or cards not in Innistrad but given like an Innistrad style art instead of just here's random onslaught block common zombie that you're not going to play with. Yeah, the the list is pretty random. Yeah, but I, I, I guess just the I think it's just the nature of it. I think they'll I think they'll, it'll take some more tweaking, but I think they'll get there. So but, yeah, outside of the Stranger Things one, after watching Gavin's Good Morning Magic about the extra life one, and I'm like, all right, I'm up here in my office. My wife is at work. 
who is slicing onions because someone is cutting onions. <laughs> and, and just seeing the kids' art and then... Um, they also got plushies. So, Mold Drifter, the, 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 the child who did Mold Drifter, that was then given to Magali. Right. Keep pretty much what the kid did, do your work, and, like... There's this magical fish with wings that Megali did. Yep, yep. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And the kids got plushies, and yeah, they, yep. they did the flavor text. And man, my my black heart melted. <laughs> it, it really did. It really, All right, it, this is a good job. So good job, wizards. So we've got so we've got a slew of things about formats to talk about. Formats have been interesting so far. Um, of course, first on the first on the, the discussion is modern, uh, which which Scott hates. <laughs> uh, he hates probably not as strong as Ward. Scott. Scott loves so much he hates. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm more disappointed. He's see, he's ambiguous. I, I I get your point that there are a lot of people playing a lot of different decks in modern. However. It doesn't mean modern's wide open. Because I, I, you, you still have to you still have to plan for how do you beat Ragavan? How do you beat Chalice? How do you beat Loris? How do you beat uh Murktide Region? It's I, not archetype it's not archetypes anymore. You have to beat specific cards. I think that's always been true though. Like I don't think that that hasn't always been you know, I don't think that's always been inaccurate like i think there, there's always been card there's always been cards that you have to deal with well sure but what i'm saying is I, we're talking about specific cards where you know before all this you'd say how do you beat primeval titan well i mean that's still a card right it, it's a card but at the same time that card is specific to an archetype or at least two if you want to count the um uh, the Bring Delight, or just a straight Valkyrie. Like, you get... An, I, when someone says Primeval Titan, you get a gist of, like, what they're doing, right? With Ragavan, it could be anywhere. Because it's a card that feels like a, quote, must-run, according to the community. And Ragavan could be paired with Loris. It could be paired with Murktide. It could be paired with both of them. Who knows? Uh, heck, it's even showing up in decks that are running Chalice of the Void. Which makes no damn sense to me. But, I think it's because Chalice of the Void wants to hit zero drops. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Um, yeah, that's no deck. It's like how do you beat uh, the, the Living End or the Crashing Footballs deck? Yeah, I, I think that's more. I think that's more likely what those what those I, are for is for right, the, but, those, but those just decks. About decks. I totally forgot to list that one. Um, but it used to be how do you beat insert archetype, not how do you beat new card that was printed because we are afraid that if we don't push cards packs won't sell card like that, that that's my issue with modern um and we were talking before we recorded like i can take my pile of jun cards buy a couple new cards because endurance is really good like oh yeah yeah Endur there, endurance there are, is really good yeah I, i'm not poo-pooing all of modern horizons too endurance is really good but uh <coughs> like there are a couple cards that I could buy for Jund, not buying like Loris or Ragavan or any of those other cards. Still keep what I had for Jund, play it, 
and still not only enjoy it, but do well with it, and which also brings its own enjoyment. Tron, I could put in more spot rules. Well, and, 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 and that's what I'm saying. Like, you can do those things still. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. But before, before I shut everything off for like a hot minute to focus on my decks and, and do that, the talk was, no, you can't do that. You can't play this deck. That's unplayable. That deck is bad. Delete your account. That's the rhetoric that was coming down from Magic Social Media, which is just too much at some, at some points. But anyway, I think I think um, that's just the nature of needing to unplug from that kind of media. Sure. Though. Like sure. no. I, I feel I feel like you there's there's things that you can do in the format. So uh, I don't know if you follow um, along with like um, Eric Virgo at all. Uh, so, so Eric is uh, actually he's pretty well known, uh, mainly uh, for d- playing a lot of Legacy and Vintage, but he's been doing a lot of modern lately. And yeah, but it's all online though, right? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, he, yeah, like yeah. The online meta is so different. No, 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 no. Just, just listen, just, just listen, just listen. Let me get, let me get there. Let me get there. So, he's been iterating on this list. And the basic gist of this list is uh, playing a lot of the the pitch elementals, sure. uh, but alongside um, a song of creation uh, has been like the core focus part of the deck. Um, okay. The people know what song of creation is. It's one. It's a one rug enchantment. Uh, you can play an additional land on each of your turns. Whenever you cast a spell, you draw two cards. And at the beginning of your end step, you discard your hand. So the idea, the idea is that you're using the the pitch elementals in conjunction with possibly like Risen Reef or just having the pitch elemental ca- cast to draw more cards after you resolve a song of creation, in order to get to a point where you can grape shot your opponent. It's a storm deck? Sort of. Like, it's weird. It's like a storm deck, but it also has kind of like this weird, like, fair plan. Because you could just, like, hard cast these things. It also plays some some builds he's played Renin 6. Like, he's just... This is what's so cool about, like, being able to brew in modern right now, is that, like, you can just, like, iterate and iterate and iterate. And figure something out and figure something out and figure something out. And it's really interesting. And I'm just like, hmm. Okay. I see where you're going with this. Like, and then all of a sudden, like you see the next build and you're like, Oh, I see where you're going with this. Hmm. And that's just been what he's been doing. He's just been playing a lot of, a lot of modern. He's been playing a ton of modern actually. And, um, like he's just like, like there's this like, uh, what is this? Uh, there's this reanimator deck that he's been playing. That's like four color reanimator. Um, but it, like you play like strike it rich and you play indomitable creativity as another way of reanimating because the only creatures in the deck are archons of cruelty. Hmm. So you like play strike it rich and hard evidence. Uh, so it generates a, uh, a creature or an artifact for you to hit with indomitable creativity. Right. So like, it's just, uh. It's interesting watching his his iterations on things over the course of his Twitter, uh, which uh, you can find it's uh, at Ninth on Breakers uh, and Ninth as in uh, the number nine th on Breakers, 
And uh, Eric's just a great guy. And that, that, uh, that's a great name, by the way. It is. It is. He. Um, so we talked a little bit about that uh, deck. That deck I was messing around with a while back. The one that bug. Uh, the not the bug, but the dwarf's deck. The one with Grist and like the the changelings. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, we talked about that. He saw that deck in Legacy, and he went, the only card in here that literally is like not modern legal is Dwarven Recruiter, and that feels like the weakest card in the deck. If I cut Dwarven Recruiter, can I make this modern legal? And he went and he tried it. And so, I'm just like, hmm, interesting. Like, does that... If, if I had playsets of every modern legal card, okay. I mean, sure. there's... Rental services and there's no, things. No, 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 I mean, no, 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 I'm, no. I'm talking about in paper. I I understand that, and I understand yeah. in paper things are a little harder. Trust me, I I totally right. get yeah, that. that. Like that, that's part of my frustration. It's like things I are things to... are harder in paper to brew because you need access to cardboard to right. do, to do that with. Uh, but I, what I'm trying to say is like, especially at like the the F and M level, sure. it feels like there's just like. No point in like trying to follow the rhetoric. Just play whatever you feel like, and play what feels fine to you. And yeah. not only that, uh, modern is still fastly approaching this scenario where deck specialization and understanding of the format and its mechanics still matters. Same with legacy. Legacy, even though like we, we're going to talk about legacy and the unhealthiness of legacy right now, there's still uh, something to be said about knowing what your deck does and knowing what the format does and uh and knowing what the format does is just knowing what the big hitters are uh and i think if you just know okay ragaman does this murtide region does this uh you know i can still build in a way that lets me deal with these cards or whatnot within my chosen archetype it's just i have to just know what cards there are that do that and uh i think it's just there's my problem with modern right now is that there's too many things to do and i i have a hard time deciding what i want to do with the format which sucks because i like playing modern and paper yeah. uh and i dislike acquiring cards for modern and paper because <laughs> there's too many things i would like like i look at that elemental stack and i'm like oh man this looks like something i would totally play man. that that deck is ridiculously expensive uh you know you look at that deck and you're like oh this deck's like oh, close to two thousand dollars in paper right. Because of all the pitch elementals costing, you know, fuck, you know, like solid, solitudes, solitudes are $173 for a playset. <laughs> I mean, Furies are, you know, $65 for a playset, you know. Right. So, you know, yeah, it's stuff like that. Like, you know, where you're like, oh, yeah, okay, Cavern of Souls, like, you know, the, the lands especially. Lands are, like, the biggest thing, honestly, out of all of it, and... What's crazy? Think back to what was it? M twenty when we first got uh, Risen Reef. Oh yeah, I mean, and I I El- Elementals was a deck in standard. For, I really really should have bought Risen Reef. Well, I, 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 it's not Risen Reef because Risen Reef is an uncommon. So well, like, no, no, but it, it's just that there was an Elementals deck there, the, and just just the fact that a deck existed in the format would inspire people. Like, what's the cool card in here that's making this go? What other elementals are in the format I like to play? Can I play this? Like you were even playing elementals, and what was it? Vintage or legacy? Yeah, I've, I've yeah I've played it both in vintage and legacy. Yeah. So and, and even then, it's like the light bulb should have clicked. Like, 
Oh, yeah. I should buy all these cheap cards right now. I should really have bought um, Flamekin Harbingers right. uh, at some point. Like, that really is a card that I really should have bought. Uh, print run, three Mythic Era Rare. Uh, uh, it wasn't even a rare, I don't think. It was a uncommon, I thought. Oh, that, that's right. That's the uncommon that yeah. puts it on top. Right? Yes, yes. Which, when you combine that with with your Risen Reef in play, becomes turns a into draw. put it in your hand. Yeah, draw it. Like, yeah, so... Seems... Yeah, I, I, I think I, I probably should have, yeah probably yeah. bought but that's you know hindsight's 2020 i wasn't sure. too much too interested in modern at that time uh and or you know even standard um so i didn't really think that was a something i would want to play uh yeah. because the, the format wasn't fantastic for a while there uh and i think that's part of it like they just wasn't like a, a super fantastic format for a while uh yeah. but i i think I think Modern Horizons Two, it's it's hard to say because like I think it has invigorated certain things, and it's just changed up some of the players. And honestly, I I hate to say this, I kind of am okay with Tron just being kind of like just okay. Oh, it's one thing to be after being at like the top, to, to, almost the top of the metagame for like literally forever. Right. It's one thing to where your deck is just quote okay. Like the only thing I've really done with Tron is add like. Warping Whales in the second uh, Walking Ballista of the main deck. They you know, Do they not even play Urza Saga at all? Uh, not in uh, Monogreen Tron. That's in fair. Tron, That's, yeah, I was going to say, I would figure in Eldrazi Tron. I didn't yeah, think of that. I think Eldrazi Tron only like, has room to play two. So it doesn't really have room to play a lot of them. But uh, the fact that, you know, having that instant speed removal ready for your really Ragavan is the main card. Everything else you can just yeah playing and get rid of but yeah it, it's just that i've invested in snapcaster mages cryptic commands and jace to mind sculptors and according to every fucking buddy else i can't play those cards i think you can still play jace honestly i think jace i think i've seen i've seen a couple lists like we talked about the mono white the blue white control decks and i have seen a couple lists with jace not like a full playset, obviously, but like oh, no, you know, no. you weren't only ever playing two, one but... or two to begin with. I think I saw one, like, and I think that's probably okay. Like, you could probably I, you could probably slam a Jace into your mono white or your blue white control deck and probably okay. still be fine with that card. Like, and, that card's still going to catch people off guard at some uh, in some cases. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but like, I get why Lil Teferi is seeing more play over Jace because it stops the Cascade shenanigans. Mm-hmm. It stops a lot of interaction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, people can't uh, pitch their solitudes at instant speed. Yeah, you it, it does a lot. Yeah. I, I get that. And then Big Teferi, it's like, you know... Big Teferi is like your control finisher. Yeah. You, like, you can tap, you can, if you have a little Teferi on the board, you play Big Teferi, tap out, play some untap for your counterspell mana, go. You know, I I get all that. that that's what I want to do. Right. But... I just kind of feel like if, when thinking about Blue Eye Control, where prior to Modern Horizons 2, I did not have this problem. But when thinking about playing Blue Eye Control, every time I sketch something out as far as a deck list, within a day, I'm like, scrap it back to the drawing board. I can't figure it out. And a lot of it has to deal with, you have to buy these current cards. Mm. And it's like, I don't want to. I don't want to play a companion. I don't want to jam 
I granted I have two solitudes, so getting a third one, whatever. It's not on my immediate list to get, and it just it, it's frustrating. Hell, Mystic Gate, <laughs> Mystic Gate out of nowhere is like a fifty dollar card non foil. Yeah, Mystic I can Gate. see that. Yeah, and the deck's running like two or three of them. Right. So it's like, all right, I I got two. Sure, whatever. I, I what you know they're cutting their field of ruins. Which makes them weak to Cavern of Souls and Urza Saga. Okay, fam. But they're running Spreading Seas main deck. I just, there's just all this stuff. And then, let's not forget, Path to Exile and Opt are sitting there like, uh, I guess we'll stay at home, Mom and Dad, while you go out and go have fun on the town. I would, I would, uh... You know, I would I would just say play more dress down personally because I think that card's oh, sure. that, way underrated. I think that card's way underrated. Like I I, I would almost want to play a deck. I would almost want to play that main deck. Honestly, it feels so good. Like yeah. I like how many times like you'd be like okay like uh, I went turn one land uh, and then um, my opponent goes turn one ragavan. Well, I don't have a removal spell, but I get this dress down. Like, and then you're like, oh, cycle my dress down, draw a card, haha, your Ragavan does nothing, like, right. untap, you know, draw a removal spell for the Ragavan, like, you know, just doing crap with that card is just so busted. It's such a groovy card, like, I just think it's such an interesting t- interesting thing. Like, as much as I've complained about Loris, there was a Grixix deck running Loris and Dress Down that was running around for a hot second. Oh, man. <laughs> and like, it had Snapcaster Mages, Lightning Bolts, Cake Bands, Terminates. Oh, shit. Play that. Loris, Dress Downs. I'm like, not bad. Yeah, yeah. No, that seems like, pretty good. I'm like, okay. You're, you're just you're playing Dress Down over and over again. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Cool. Dre- dress Down is just, it's a... It's just one of those cards where it's just really good. I think that's like the one one of the cards from Modern Horizons 2 that I'm just like I I've seen in play a lot where I'm like okay, I I, I get it now. Like this card's like absolutely insane. Uh and it's just a super good card and I'm glad it exists. Like it's a, it's a card that I'm actually pretty glad happy that it exists. Like it's it's fun, it's flavorful, it has a lot of counterplay to it. Yeah, but there, there's also concern with cards like that because the whole purpose of the Modern Horizon sets is to, quote, give life to existing archetypes, boost them up, whatever, right? In the first Modern Horizons, we saw that happen with goblins. Had a lot of tools, got, got a lot of play, right? Uh, but where did it go? Like, goblins, I, I don't see anybody playing goblins right now. Uh, same thing with uh, Soul Herder. Where the hell did that card go? Yeah. So if, if Modern Horizons 2 is pushing up Modern Horizons 1 cards, something's wrong. Yeah, I, I, I can understand that. Like, there is that concept of hating the fact that it kind of rotates the format, and I understand that. And that's a completely different scenario. Uh, sure. So you I mean, know. Didn't, we hate, didn't we hate Extended? Like, uh, this is what's becoming again. I, I, there were more problems with extended than no. I, I, I get that. I get that. But like every couple of years, the format rotates, and that's kind of what was happening with extended. Give it about two years, and it'll rotate. Yeah. And complain and da, 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 da. 
I think the hard the hard thing they're gonna have is is it's gonna be hard to like beat some of these cards. Uh, and so I'm kind of curious how that's gonna happen. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll figure out a way. Yeah. What they'll do is they will call in promotional players to try and get a feel for what FNM players are uh, are playing and or should be playing because our voice doesn't matter. And, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I'll I, if I go to just the play what I want to play route. Everybody's lives are going to be miserable when they play against me because it'll just be Sphinx's Revelation, Elixir of Immortality. Do it. Dot deck. Th- doesn't matter. Be, Do I'll, it. I'll be I'll be drawing all the cards, looping my deck, and okay. You know, I may I may even throw like extra turn cards in there just for the lulls. All all runes epiphany. Right. <laughs> because, standard but, standard all star all runes epiphany. That card is perfectly fine in standard. Uh, I, I don't know do about not, that. We do not need to have all of our all of our win conditions, whether it's in standard or any other format. We don't need to have all of our win conditions to be a permanent that has a target on it when it enters the battlefield. If that's what we want the game to be, there's this card game called Epic that I would like to introduce you to because there's no blue in it, but that's how it is. Here's a permanent. Can you kill it? No. Cool. Let's do some back and forth shenanigans until somebody wins. I think standard still sucks, though. Uh, I actually built the blue-white deck in standard and had fun. I mean, you're going to have fun if you're p- build, playing the deck that wins a lot. <laughs> well, I, I hate to I tell have, you that. That's true. I, I have my share of wins and I have my share of losses. I don't win all the time. But at the same time, I've not played standard really a lot in the last several years. So a lot of these cards I'm seeing for the first time. So I'm getting a fresh look at not only what I'm playing, but what the opponent's playing as well. Yeah. I looked at some of the standard cards like, wow, that costs like one or two more mana than I would cost it to play it, so I ignore it. Like, Memory Deluge, for example. Like, mm. I cost four mana? Yeah. Like, I have Cryptic Command in my deck, and then I play it on Arena, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's oh. a reason why that card is good. Yeah. 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 So, no, I, Tur- I, turns out, turns out that card is basically just dig through time. Right. Like, it, don't get me wrong. I, I would love to have a loan account again on Magic Online. Financially, I just haven't done it yet. I'm not sure if I want to do it. There are things, uh, a lot of my, a lot of the funds I had set aside for fun stuff has been tied up in pre-order for collectibles, which who knows if either those either A, have shipped or B, are on shipping containers in the middle of the sea right now. Mm. Uh, nobody knows, not even the retailers. Stuck, stuck, in a ca- stuck in a canal somewhere. Right. The, the retailers I've ordered from, ordered from obviously don't know, or they, they're not saying anything because they don't want people to cancel their pre-orders. Um, right. So, yeah, it's just it's kind of... Uh, it, it's uh, just one big ball of frustration. Um that I just kind of have to wait through. It kind of feels like 2020 in a way. Mm. Um, it, it, that is a, uh, a ball of frustration. Yeah, uh, in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, however, not to skip over the next point, because uh, we, we've talked a little bit about newer cards, like um, uh, Memory Deluge. Forgot about it already. Right, right. A lot of people have been not playing Path to Exile, mainly because... Uh, well, two reasons, really, I think. Mainly because of the presence of Chalice of the Void and the fact it still gives your opponent a free land. Mm-hmm. 
what do you think of, and not as a full boat, but like one or two of, Fateful Absence? Oh, that card's interesting. Actually, I think that card might be fine. Like, it seems okay. Like, because people poo poo it because, for those who don't know, Faithful Ab- Absence, one in a white, instant destroy target creature or planeswalker. Its controller invest, excuse me, its controller investigates. So, for the same mana cost, for two mana, your opponent draws a card to replace what you got rid of. Yeah, they don't. They don't go get a free land which could help them maybe play two spells the next turn, which that's really the bane of control decks, is if you get rid of something, your opponent's like, cool, you got rid of that one thing, here's now two things. Right. It's like, oh, shit, I lose. Where with Faithful Absence, unlike Path of Exile, you can get rid of a Planeswalker, such as Little Teferi. Right. Like if they play Little Teferi and don't have a counterspell, you kill it, cool, now you can interact with your opponent on their next turn when they go to play something. Right. Uh, so I, I've had my eyeballs on that. I'm not sure if I'll get that into a deck or not, because who knows? They may draw a card that they can't cast. Right. Um, or whatever. Like they're, Something that isn't going to advance them in the game more than giving them a free land will, which is weird I'm talking down about Path of Exile. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I also wonder with how modern is shaping up, um, where death and taxes kind of fits into everything, because it, it runs Path to Exile. It doesn't run um, Prismatic Ending, because it's a mono-white deck. Um, and whether killing lands is with Lean and Arbiter is good enough anymore. Hell, is Stoneforge even good enough anymore? Yeah, I don't know about Stoneforge. Yeah, so uh, I doesn't know, and, and I I have Storm built. I just haven't played it. <laughs> Storm like, seems uh, just medium. Yeah, it it does seem to be kind of like a out of left field type deck. Right yeah, now. yeah. Like I don't know. I don't. I don't know how I feel about Storm. Like it yeah. feels kind of somewhat medium in a sense. I, I like, am prepared for Mill though. <laughs> guy's is, guy is blessing. Mm. Like, oh, does this deck run green? Guy's blessing. I forgot does that that was a card that got printed. In uh-huh. that's funny. So somebody pointed out what was the card uh, we were talking about. Somebody pointed out that Nimble Mongoose is modern legal, and I'm just like, yeah. like, okay, well, See? poor, poor goose. You know, another example. Like, <laughs> they gave us Nimble Mongoose two years ago. People are like, holy crap, the goose is loose. And the goose was not and loose. And it's gone. <laughs> and it's gone. Yeah, and there it went. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, and, and don't get me wrong, especially after reading the Color Pie article this week. There was some interesting. This game. Oh, yeah. yeah. There, there's some, there, some interesting stuff, some eye-opening stuff, really, for me. I'm like, yeah, designing this game probably is really fucking hard. I get it. But at the same time, like, if, if we're so worried about the current, if we have blinders on with the current product that we can't see anything beyond that, or if we're focused more on profit than anything else, what are we doing? Like, if you want to prop up a deck archetype, don't let it fall to the ground two years later. Mm. Like, I, I want to see people out there playing goblins. You know, I, I want to see more tribal decks running around. So what you're saying um, is I need to come play goblins. 
maybe. I know. I, um, I, I, I won't have the money to make goblins, build goblins. No, but. no, that, that, that's fine. I, I get that. Uh, you know, plus they need to reprint camera souls into the dirt a la Tarmogoyf. They also need, they also probably just need to print goblin lackey. <laughs> like that would probably just make goblins Yikes. good. Like and, and that, that's the other problem I have when people are like this archetype's unplayable and then some way over the power off the top rope card comes out and like suddenly the archetype's playable. No, it's just you didn't want to play it until a card that pushed your deck into S tier came out. That that's a big difference than saying the deck's unplayable. You just want easy mode. Mm. And at, at the the signal to noise ratio in regards to feedback from Magic Community is kind of where all this is kind of kind of been frustrating so yeah i would i, I wouldn't worry about it i wouldn't I'm, I'm i'm trying not to but you know when when i only have access to paper cards to do anything with and my collection is missing cards that people are adding in because of the impact of modern horizons 2 and i don't have those i'm like what else can i do and the answer is nothing you must play this that's that's where the the feedback loop begins and the frustration begins. I'm like, fuck it, I'll just play John. <laughs> damn thing else. And granted, I'll do well with it. Like when I was at FNM this past Friday, there were no less than four times where I'm like, all right, I'm in the middle of a game action, right? Whether it's a fetch or about ready to cast a spell, whatever, right? I'm like, I'm going to do this, and then this next thing will be on top of my deck happened four times <laughs> it wasn't the same card every time it was something like all right i'm gonna do this and this is the next thing that's coming up and sure enough it was there uh, but it's intuition it's knowing your deck inside and out it's having that that moment of inspiration it's nothing anything else involved it's just having that feel that heart of the cards right and, and that was nice to have but at the same time it's like cool what do i bring next week Tron, maybe elves, and it's not Christmas time yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, burn, if I can get it finished. Uh, you know, just I, as much as I enjoy playing magic, I like playing a variety of magic when I'm at Infinite. I'm not shooting for the promotional tour, right? I'm wanting to be in some uh, uh, FML. Uh, or whatever that league is, I just MPL. You mean? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm like, wait, and, 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 like, what are we talking the way, about? The way here? people talked about being in it, they they felt very FM, FML from some of their posts. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just it's not my. Oh, I'm 46 years old. That's not my goal. Right. And, you know when there's nothing wrong with that either. There's nothing wrong with your goal being to just not, have fun with playing Magic. It's not, you're right, but when, like, the people that respond, what I'm doing as an activity after the work week to wind down and goof off and have fun, when the people are responding, their goal is to do this other shit, like, the the signals are crossed. Like, there's not, there's not a community for F&M people, and if there is, those people aren't. Not saying my budget is different or better or whatever, but people aren't at my budget. So 
they're not able to give feedback sometimes that's helpful. So I, I it, it's it's that meme where people are like, oh man, my playgroup it's my playgroup that. And I'm like, lonely SpongeBob in cafe. <laughs> it just it's kind of that and it sucks um don't get me wrong there there are friends such as yourself our friend adam and many other people within our local scene that i can talk to that will help provide solid feedback but like again it's just i, I don't know just uh, i don't know there's just something there that it's not clicking. It's almost there. It's just not 100% clicking. It just that's I kind of just default back to Jund. Like, fuck it. Blood Braid Elf. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's not. Um, I don't know. Uh, but anyway. So enough about Modern. Enough I, about... Like I said, the, the, my, my main thing I wanted to bring up tonight with Modern. I wish Modern Horizons 1 cards still saw play or even more play with the introduction of Modern Horizons 2. There are a lot of cards from Modern Horizons 1 that are not seeing any play because Modern Horizons 2 has kicked them out of the car. Mm. Where, Soul Herder. Soul Herder is such a sweet card. I shouldn't have to be relegated to Arena to play that card if I want to. Right, right, right. Yeah, I don't know. Um... So, yeah, let's talk about Legacy. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, Pique my interest back in the Legacy. Do it. Uh, I don't know if I can do that, but um, I can. Okay. we can talk about it a little bit. Um, the first big news, uh, bit of news for Legacy and Vintage is we did finally get announcement of dates for Eternal Weekend online. Uh, I realize I forgot to put, those in the sh- put the link to that in the show notes. That's okay. I thought um, it was funny that that announcement came after... Someone posted like, "Hey, Wizards, when are you going to announce Eternal Weekend?" <laughs> and what was it like a day later? It's like, well, actually, um, no. actually, what happened was is uh, the um, the Magic Online article update article came out, and somebody was like, "Hey, do you guys know anything about Eternal Weekend?" And then like later that day, they just kind of casually slipped the dates into that article <laughs> without saying anything. So. Um, so yeah, so Legacy Eternal Weekend and Vintage Eternal Weekend, they are at the end of November. Uh, Legacy is November 19th through the 21st. Uh, that's, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, that is the same weekend as MTG Las Vegas, uh, for Channel Fireball. I honestly don't think it'll matter at all because I, the most people that I know that play Legacy are not probably going to, (laughs) so... Uh, shout out to our our mutual uh, we were talking about earlier Paige uh, who was apparently vendoring at MTG Las Vegas and she was looking forward to playing <laughs> and I've, yeah. I felt bad for her but yeah that sucks um, Vintage is the following weekend so that's uh, Black Friday uh, weekend uh, Friday number 26, 27th and 28th um, post Thanksgiving weekend whatever <laughs> you know people are probably still going to show up and play uh, I, the people people that are getting mad about that are people that live in North America, and uh, looking at like the times for like the Friday events and the Saturday event. It's more for people that are in across the world, anyway. So, uh, I mean, like the Friday, is- like the Friday event is at five o'clock p.m. PST, which is eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. 
Right. So if if the vintage event has any any reasonable amount of players like it did last year, like if they have like three to four hundred players like they had last year, that's like a nine to ten round event. Sure. Like at, starting at eight o'clock at night, most North America people are gonna be like, fuck that. They're right. <laughs> gonna be like, No, I'm not standing spending up till three AM in the morning. You know, yeah. for even, even if I had work off, oh, uh, even if I had time off work the next day, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm not staying up for something like that. And God, God help anybody such as yourself that needs to collect data. You know, yeah, I, I've try, got trying to stay up for any part of that. I've you know? got, I've got, we're, I've already, I'm already trying to be ahead of the game on gathering people for these events. So for the yeah. legacy events, um, so as most people are maybe or maybe or may not be aware of about how eternal weekend generally works uh you, even in paper uh the big draw of eternal weekend is the prizes and it's not not necessarily the um the play points or the treasure chests or the money or whatever it's the artwork uh and this year is stellar they've really outdid themselves from last year's eternal weekend online uh, the three artworks for the three legacy events are Wasteland, uh, done by Mark Teton, and it's a really good looking Wasteland. Uh, Bayou by Siddharth Chaturvedi, uh, and um, Sylvan Library by Raul Vitale. Uh, and I just, the Sylvan Library is gorgeous. That's probably the event I'm going to be able to play in, is the Sylvan Library event, which is the Sunday event. Uh, because that's probably the best time for me. It's one o'clock Eastern Standard Time, so I'll probably be able to play in that one. Uh, Vintage is Mox Emerald by uh, Eric Wilkerson, Time Twister by Chris Seaman, and uh, Mox Ruby by Gerald Threat. Uh, that Time Twister art is wild. Uh, that, that is. It's like all four seasons, and it's just... It's super cool. There's this vortex. Yeah. Off center. Yeah. Really, really neat. Yeah. And just the color and visualization of. Yeah. The best I thing. Just stare at this all day. The best thing about these events is that they are bringing back the all access tokens. Yeah. Uh, entry for every event is twenty five dollars. So twenty five dollars an event. So if you want to play in all three events, it's seventy five dollars. You only have to buy one token to get the all access, uh, but you'd have to buy multiple tokens if you want to enter multiple events. <laughs> so, uh, but when you enter your token, uh, you restart your client and you are given access to every card on magic online for $25. Uh, and that's like an insane deal. Uh, like that's that alone by itself is worth it. Uh, because you get access to everything. You can play around with various decks. You can play in leagues. You still have to pay money to play in leagues. You still have to make play money to play in challenges. But the way that this works is that these tokens will go on sale on November 15th after the maintenance on November 15th, and they last until December 1st. Right. Uh, so you get two weeks worth of having every card on Magic Online. Uh, Even without this stuff, you could... Uh, pay for the early access, then just play in leagues mm -hmm. for whatever format, and to try and build up play points and yeah, sell treasure chests for tickets. So you can do stuff with this early access to kind of kickstart your uh, your own collection on Magic mm -hmm. Online. 
Yeah, you and, play and, leagues and gain and get treasure chests and yep. sell treasure chests for money. Yeah, yep. it's it's yeah, it's cool. Uh, it's that's a uh, they did learn their lesson uh, from last year uh, because they know players that well. We'll talk about legacy. They know players like legacy. We don't necessarily all like legacy right now, but uh, the upper cap of all the events is two one thousand two hundred forty eight players. Uh, last year, the legacy events were capped at six hundred seventy two players, and all three events basically capped. Uh, so I think they learned their lesson from that uh, in having enough players cap for the event. Because I still think that even with the state of legacy right now, they're probably still going to draw a reasonable crowd for these events. Uh, what that looks like, I don't know. Because, uh, you know, legacy is on a weird spot. I don't know that we'll see any changes in the format before then. I feel like they're going to use this as a, as a barometer uh, for some issues in the format. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see any changes happening between now and then. Uh-uh. As much as there's some level of organization for another 60-card basic land uh, <laughs> deck invasion Yeah, uh, a, a week from Saturday. Uh, actually, actually, he went back to trying to fire it Saturday because there is... Yeah, because there is a separate... There's a challenge on Saturday, but then there's also a PTQ. I don't know if he'll have much luck because a lot of people will want to play that PTQ. Right, exactly. Like, wait until, wait until the week after. Yeah. So then do it. But you could get up and queue the the sixty land challenge, and if you're playing the sixty land deck, you're just like don't care. <laughs> like then it's fine. Like I don't know. So but yeah. So yeah, there's some issues going on with challenges on Magic Online for Legacy. Uh, the Saturday challenge is not fired for six weeks in a row, uh, at least. Um, Wait, you said six weeks in a row? Yeah. Let's take a look here. One, it's at least six. Two, three, four, five. So we're talking about like the second Saturday in September, right? Yeah, it's been around huh. since then. Let me look here. Huh. The last Saturday. Hmm. Let me see. One, two, three. Let me look at my chart, my mat, my thing here. The last Saturday I have is uh, 9-11. So one, two, three, four, five. So five. Five. Five in a row. Sorry, not six. Close. Six of this weekend doesn't fire. But yeah, the last one I have that fired was 9-11. And that was 64 players. And for the past three weeks in a row, the Sunday challenge has been as fired at exactly 64 players. Which is the minute? Which is the minimum? And most college football teams have played about five or six games, so yeah, probably starting with the beginning of college football season, people are like, "Ah, screw Saturdays, I'm gonna watch college football." Uh, there you go. I that, think that's probably what caused people. To <laughs> uh, oh wait, no, no, that that's not it. You mean there could be problems in the format? Cl- that cause clearly, we know that there's some issues. Clearly, we know that there's cards that people are complaining about it's murky because people are uh, not sure what mur- ca- yeah yeah murky it's murky because some people don't really know what the cards are that are correct to to ban and or you know it's one of those things where everybody has a different opinion about how the format should be taken 
Uh, and there's obviously a subset of people that believe that cards having tenure is important, uh, that there are cards that are important to the concept of format identity. Um, you know, there's people say, well, I don't want to ban the threats. It, it's, it's a careful balance because we have this shell, this, this Delver Xerox tempo shell. Uh, right, it's been around forever. It's been around forever. And so much so that Delver's hardly even played in it. Yeah, it's like a two of now in like Blue right. Red Delver. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. It's like people are like, "Well, do we ban? Do do you ban the threats, or do you ban something out of the shell?" Yes. And it's the question is just becomes, what is the correct way to strike that balance? Something out of the shell obviously needs to go. Uh, unfortunately, like it's like one of those things where, like, if you're given a choice of things to ban in the format, and your choices are Force of Will, Wasteland days the most the least egregious of those to ban is days because you don't want to ban force of will because force of will is kind of like the safety valve of the format oh my god and yeah yeah take away force of will and this will be like worse than modern pre-modern horizons yeah oh yeah oh yeah there's way worse combo decks and legacy probably probably worse than modern pre-modern horizons one um like that's like a problem. You take Wasteland away, then like a lot of like the really egregious like greedy mana bases just gets to run rampant. Mm-hmm. And it's like the most the least egregious of that is days. And yeah, we could entertain the concept that the real culprit, you know, of it all is brainstorm. But we kind of know, you know, unfortunately, that we can't really have that discussion because Brainstorm is kind of ingrained into the identity of the format to the point where people sign up to play Legacy to play four Brainstorm decks. We yeah. we know that's the case. And Doesn't it seem hypocritical that people are like, uh, identity of the format is important when discussing cards, but then turn around like, let's embrace all the new cards. The new cards didn't cause any problems. Yeah. Like, it, it seems hypocritical. Uh, because yeah, I mean, I, I view this from the standpoint of a logical uh, process of elimination, that sure. there's cards that obviously you can't un, you can't ban, uh, right. and honestly, kill, branding, banning Brainstorm very, very realistically would kill the format. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, there's, there's just literally, you want to you make Legacy die, if Wizards ever decided they wanted to make Legacy die, they would just ban Brainstorm. That was all, that would be all they would have to do. I mean, that's uh, what the, they tried to do with Historic, right? When the, they banned Brainstorm? Like, no, no, no. We're not no, trying to kill no, Historic. No, no. If they, if they wanted to really end Legacy as a format, all, that's all they have to do is just ban Brainstorm. And right. uh, that's that would do it right there. Because the card is is fun for a lot of players. Wasn't and, there a book written about Brainstorm? There was a book written about Gush. Gush. Yes, okay. yes. That was our, our, my good friend Steve Menendian. But, right. but there's a lot written about brainstorm. Oh yeah, as well. yeah, and brainstorms. Not, not level, and brainstorms right. a very skill testing card. Like mm-hmm. it, there's a lot to playing, resolving a brainstorm. There's a lot to doing things with the card, and people just really like that style of gameplay. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah, you can sign up and play non-blue decks in the format, and that's still fine. You can do that. It's, it's totally fine. But you know, you do have to understand that that's there are people who do sign up to play brainstorm, and that's just the nature of the format sidebar are there people that hate formats like modern legacy because they hate blue or because of actual legitimate reasons 
Like, for instance, right now, people are hating All Runs Epiphany and Standard because they get they can't play their herpy derpy Naya color deck or whatever, right? They can't play their non blue deck. Mm, uh, I don't know about they, that. They, they they can, they just complain that they lose uh, instead of you know not celebrating their wins because they do still win with their decks. I don't know. I I'm just yeah, just I don't. Something to think I don't about. know. But yeah, but, no brain brainstorm's perfectly fine, and you're right. If they ban that, the format is. Yeah. Dead. Now, obviously... Isn't it restricted in Vintage, though? Yes, it is. Yeah. But Vintage is still alive. Yeah, but Vintage is... Oh, <laughs> I tease. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Vintage, too. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, um, like, there is some concept of entertaining, like, a ban on Ponder. Uh, and I would be kind of interested in a ban on Ponder. That might be kind of fun. Because I think that the understanding the deck building heuristics of for brainstorm for ponder being just like 100% correct uh in literally every scenario like if you're playing a blue deck and you're playing cantrips chances are that your cantrip shell starts with uh for brainstorm for ponder like like 100% that's correct deck building it ne- it was always correct it was never not correct uh, <laughs> and uh, i think we finally figured that out and uh, I would be I would be interested because like the next delta is obviously preordain and preordain's a lot worse by a lot uh, compared to ponder in, uh, in this format. Yeah, yes. yeah. Like, if if ponder and preordain were legal in modern, what the hell? Let's just do this. If all three of those were legal in modern, and you get rid of ponder, preordain would just slide right in, and it wouldn't feel worse at all. Uh. It does. It, it it has a noticeable delta. Well, sure. Yeah, sure, yeah. But they're saying yeah. The, the the impact of losing ponder, assuming that all three of these were legal and modern, the the difference taking out ponder and putting in preordain is less than in legacy, where if you take out ponder and put in preordain, you can definitely feel that loss. Oh yeah, I mean, like preordain is 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 it's it's the next best thing to ponder. Yeah. But it's the next best thing by a pretty wide delta, yeah. like like the delta pre. There's a significant step down. Significant, yeah, and I think that would be fine too. I think I would be okay sure. with seeing that occur. But the problem with that a ponder ban is a ponder ban hits multiple shells. Sure. It hits multiple things in the format. It doesn't just hit the Delver Xerox Tempo shell. It hits multiple shells, like the con- the storm, like the control shells. And storm and yeah anything anything that plays brainstorm. I guess they're control shells. The, it hits all the the mid range control shells. Mm-hmm. It hits all the storm decks. Like I mean, it hits anything that played brainstorm and ponder together. And yeah. so you have to think, okay, well, is it correct to do that, or is it correct to hit the card that, uh, you know, is played pretty much solely in the Delver Xerox Tempo shells. Uh, and like the only card that really fits that is by process of elimination is days. Now I don't think, but here's the thing though: I don't think that just banning days is correct. Uh, just banning uh, yeah, days. So, something else has to. Go. Something else has to go. Uh, there's cases to be made. There's cases to be made for Ragavan. People are upset about Ragavan. I huh. I feel like Ragavan is medium at best. If there's not another threat that backs it up. Wait, you mean legacy players are upset about a card 
that Scott was upset about in Modern like a month ago. <laughs> Scott was told to shut up by certain Legacy players who said the card was fine, but now Legacy players are upset about this same fucking card? I mean, I don't know. Maybe I was right. Maybe I was right. This card was a problem. Who knew? Uh, I, I'm just saying. I think I think Days exacerbates it. Oh yeah, uh, you told me you told me about the play pattern. Yeah, to describe that to people, and they're like, "Oh, I'm like, yeah, yeah." <laughs> That's I think I think I think it's not like a magical Christmas land type of scenario either. I think I think there's a lot of problems, and I think the yeah. issue is that uh, we have this shell that absorbs cards so well. Uh, and you also got a glut of cards for the shell as well. Like, you know, Expressive Iteration, Merktide Regent, you know, Dragon's Race Channeler. Like, you get a whole bunch of cards for this deck at once. So there's, so we never got to really see what the impact of this card of Ragavan would have been if it was just Ragavan. Right. Like, we didn't get just Ragavan. We got Ragavan, we got Merktide Regent and Dragon's Race Channeler in one set. And we didn't really get to see the effect of just Ragavan. And so I feel like without days, uh, Ragavan, there's a chance for removal to be a little bit better against Ragavan. Uh, and removal is widely played in Legacy, you know, Source of Plowshares, Lightning Bolt, you know, those kinds of cards are pretty widely played. Um, there's also, also decks, see, that's the problem here. Okay, so here's the real issue there is that black removal is real bad right now. Playing. Playing black as a fair color is not a great place to be right now, and the reason that is, the reason that is, is the existence of prismatic ending. Um, prismatic so ending crazy. is prismatic ending has made it so that playing black removal is just not good anymore because you can stretch your mana a little bit and play good prismatic endings. Uh, and so it basically prismatic ending kind of homogenizes the control shell straight into blue, white and a color, usually green. Uh, um, so that's awkward. Cause yeah, I too would like to see black be a playable color again, outside of combo. Black is your combo color now. Um, make vindicate great again. <laughs> like, like black, like black is black is your dark ritual color. You know, you know, you know, it's your color for things like, you know, the Epic Storm and um, Doomsday and those kinds of decks that are playing Dark Ritual and want to use it to combo off. Uh, you're not playing Assassin's Trophy anymore. You're not playing Abrupt Decay. You're not playing Fatal Push. You know, it's just... You're not playing. You're not playing Abrupt Decay, which says cannot be countered. Right. And kills, kills Ragavan... Uh, Dragon's Rage Chandler, all, all the small creatures that are problematic. Because you can play Prismatic Ending through days. So, because you could just go, well, I'm going to pay X for zero and pay white. Exile your Ragavan. Uh, but the thing is, is like, so we got all these cards. The problem is, is that, like, okay, so you deal with the Ragavan. So, say we get ready, say we're ready, just days. Just sure. days. Okay, removal matters again, blockers matter again. Cool. I can play my blocker on turn two. And here's the, the thing about this. I play my blocker on turn two and they force it. Okay, I'm fine with that. Honestly, I'm okay with that. Yeah, they're down a life. And a card. Counter and a card. Right, yeah. Like, that's yeah. great. Like, that is fantastic. I would rather see that happen. Because they... And all, all you lost was a creature. You still have your removal in hand. Right. So, but like, so you got that. 
But the problem is, is like, okay, say you get the blocker, the removal for the Ragavan. Then your opponent does some stuff, does expressive iteration, does some stuff, does some stuff, Murktide Regent. What if you don't have removal for the Murktide Regent? Like, and I, and I, I don't really like Murktide Regent as a card. I don't think it's well designed. I dislike Delve as a mechanic. Uh, I don't think it's a very good mechanic. Uh, anything time we've ever put Delve on a blue card, it's never really turned out good. Uh, see Treasure Cruise, see Dig Through Time. It, it also doesn't turn out good on green cards, but you know they kind of ignore the fact that your infect creature becomes plus twenty four, plus twenty four, essentially. But that's another. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I mean, Becomets is weird because that's a that's a very niche card. Sure, uh, it is now. Yeah, it's just that at the time. Yeah, so. like it's a super mm-hmm. niche card, and uh, I think people are afraid to play infect anyways. Uh, since the uh, change to how the creature types work, uh, people are uh, afraid. Yeah, people types. are afraid to play that because of this perceived notion that they will get beaten by a plague engineer, which like literally does not exist in the current format because black as a fair color is not fun to play. <laughs> so let's take a look at Murktide Region. I got pulled up here for those who uh, those those watching at home. I haven't used that joke in a while. Murktide Regent from Modern Horizons 2, 5, blue, blue, but you're never paying that cost for a no. dragon. Cool. Blue dragon. Neat, right? Has Delve, meaning each card you exile from your graveyard while casting this spell pays for one generic mana. But wait, there's more. It starts out as a 3-3 flyer. It's not really a 3-3 flyer. Mm. Uh, Murktide Regent enters the battlefield. Keep in mind that enters the battlefield. With a plus one plus one counter on it for each instant and sorcery card exiled with it. So if you exile all the spells that you play, like what Joe was talking about with expressive iteration and maybe a brainstorm and ponder or whatever, you know, now you have a five five six six seven seven eight eight whatever. Now whenever an instant or sorcery card leaves your graveyard, so after this is already in play, if you play a spell, it goes to the graveyard and you flash it back or Maybe gets play another one, or play another Murktide because <laughs> all these decks are uh, playing four of them. Right. Uh, put a plus one plus one counter on Murktide Region. Plus, again, this is blue, so you can pitch it to cards like Force of Negation and Force of Will. Uh, so another reason to run four of these cards. Yeah the the big um, the big reason yeah. the big thing here is like you play your first one and then you play your second one, and your opponent just can't keep up with that clock. That it's now, a massive granted, clock. Granted, cards like Dress Down and Torpor Orb deal with the. Uh, Torpor Orb enters. does not deal with that. It says it enters the. It's it's not a it's a static ability. It's not a trigger. Oh uh, really? Yeah, Dress Down will get, get will okay. stop it though. All right, so I misread that. Yeah, yeah, but Dress still, Down will stop it. Uh, like, you're also good at like if you're good at like playing like, especially in like the bat decks playing like endurance, uh, like if you're endurancing them early. Uh, then you can shut off their ability to cast Murktide Regent because they can't right. delve enough to make it good. Uh, so that is something to do, and that's why you see all the like the band players playing Endurance anyways because it's also really good at blocking both Delver and Dragon's Rage Channeler. Yeah, and Endurance is starting to become a four of in, in modern. So, especially in Jun, having to split main and side but, with this. But there's also like... There's also, like, a, a reasonable... So, the cards we talked about, like, Ragavan, 
we've talked about Merktide Regent. Like, that's a reasonable one to kind of consider for a ban. Um, people have also talked about Expressive Iteration uh, as kind of a reasonable card to kind of think about getting rid of. Because it's, like, really cheap card advantage. And every time we've ever had really cheap card advantage in a Delver Shell, it's not really turned out good. <laughs> so um, the card is really powerful. Uh, and Ragavan also makes that card much more powerful. Um, like, I think Ragavan does a lot on its face, but it's very swingy. And I think that's what players don't like about it. I don't think it's a fact that it's... I don't think it's, like, too powerful. It's just... It's kind of right on the borderline of power level for Legacy. Uh, but I think it's the swingy nature of it and the variant nature of it that makes people dislike it. Yeah, I, I don't like that it takes a card from the top of the other person's deck. Yeah, I don't even think that's... Like the, yeah, it, obviously that's not even the strongest part of the card. It's the, the treasure token is, like, the strongest part. Uh, so I, I can see that. Like, if it just made the treasure token and it didn't dash... And it didn't take a card from the top of the line. Uh, if it didn't dash, it probably wouldn't be playable. Well, sure. Yeah. But that that is that is you can't underrate the dash. Like yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like you, you need removal to deal with it. Well, if they just took the removal, well, now you don't have the removal to deal with it. Right. Right. So, so yeah. Like, if you if you want to play if you want to accelerate with the treasure token, but want to play fair on the board. That was the whole reason they unbanned Stoneforge, Mystic, and Modern, because they wanted people to play to the board. Cool. Let us play to the board. Stop taking our cards. Yeah. Uh, Stoneforge, Mystic is really basically only playable in Death and Taxes at this point. Like, uh, like Stoneblade. Oh, Stone. Yeah, yeah, Stoneblade really just... Like, I, I will admit like that Rob Wilson has built like the... Uh, like the Jeskai, the Delver Blade list with like Ragavan and Stoneforge, and I think that's a cool looking deck. Uh, I've, I've even seen some Stoneblade lists with uh, Brazen Borrower, but I think Stoneforge is much more of the the DNT Urian DNT uh, no, decks. No Sky Noodle. I, Sky Noodle. Sky Noodle, I think, is um, so poopy. Uh, I think Sky Noodle is the best best configuration for Death and Taxes and Legacy at this point. Uh, and the reason I continue to say that is because, again, of the existence of cards like Prismatic Ending. Uh, and it's not because they're playing Prismatic Ending. They're not. Uh, oh, no. It's because Aether Vial is shit right now when it comes to having your Aether Vial Prismatic ending uh, and yeah. with Urian, you have this really grindy long game, and you have this real redundancy of tutors and all this various stuff going on, and it really helps you not see cards like, oh, I don't want to see my batter skull in my opening hand. I don't want to see Calder complete in my opening hand. Not really. I want to tutor for it with Stoneforge Mystic. And Urian kind of helps you do that. Uh, your recruiter of the guard, uh, being able to recruiter for uh, solitude, being able to have um, anything in the deck, being able to be a recruiter of the guard for. I see people are trying out Cathar Commando from Midnight Hunt. Like the card seems really good. It's Kasali Pride Mage on a human. <laughs> oh, that. Yeah, thing. yeah, that's card's pretty sweet. So. Uh, so yeah, it's just it's a it's 
it's good because in a game in a game where you're trying to make the game go long, your Ryan decks excel at that. Uh, and that's what Death and Taxes is trying to do. Death and Taxes is trying to make the game go long enough to the point where it can m- slow you down enough to the point where it can gain some control over the game and then start winning. And then, all of a sudden, you've got this like free 4-5 flyer that is just like ekes out a shit ton of value off of your board. Because you're like, oh, I got like this Flicker Wisp and this Recruiter and this Skyclave Apparition and this Solitude and this Stoneforge Missile. Let's go blink all these motherfuckers. <laughs> End step. And then start looping Flicker Wisp with Orion. And suddenly you are just like, your opponent is never doing anything ever again. Uh, and it's just absurd. So, yeah, I, I think that it's a good configuration for the deck right now, and I think it's because of the context of the format. I, I, I think that's really what it is. It's, it's, it's a context of the format thing. If um, Prismatic Ending didn't exist, and your Aether Vial was less prone to just getting one mana blown up, uh, I think that 60-card DNT would be fine. Uh, but having, and that's, that, uh, I, this is the, the argument I hear all the time about against, against Uranus. Well, you don't get to see your, your Aether Vials as much. Yeah, but your Aether Vials are not going to stick around anyways. So, yeah, great. You got to see them. You played a card that was dead. Um, and most of the time you cast like an Aether Vial on like turn three or five and it's still just as good. Like on, and the even hilarious part is when you ratchet up your Aether Vial to 5. Then you put your, your Orion in hand, and then you, you, you vile in your Orion, vile in your Orion, your Orion, and you're just like, ha <laughs> uh, You know, so, yeah, there's some cool things you can do with that deck. Um, but I, I think it's, uh, it's a good place to be for that deck. So, uh, speaking of Rob Wilson, uh, by the way, uh, we do have uh, some... News about the next Buffalo Chicken Dip legacy in our area. A fu- funny story about Buffalo Chicken Dip. Um, it tastes good. So when we had uh, uh, Session Zero this past weekend, uh, my wife was like, well, I don't want to like have food food, but I want to kind of like have some snacks. So you made Buffalo Chicken so, Dip. So she made Buffalo Chicken Dip. Mm. I, I, I didn't have the heart to tell her like, the story about this, because once I mentioned Magic the Gathering, she would, like, tune out. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, I'm like, the fact that she's actually excited for d and I, I didn't want to ruin that, so I'm like, just kept it in the back of my head. I'm like, can't wait to talk to Joe again. <laughs> um, oh, one one thing about uh, Expressive Iteration I wanted to mention before we talk about uh, Buffalo Chicken Dip Legacy. Um is it possible that Expressive Iteration is the Reflector Mage of Legacy and could wind up being banned because Watsy is talking to the actual problems and Expressive Iteration enters the room like, Hi, boss, you wanted to see me? Oh! You know, mm. kind of like how it got banned. Reflector Mage got banned in Standard. It's like it, it got banned because it interrupted the meeting. Like, oh, Uncommon? Get out of here. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the card's very powerful. I, I don't... Yeah. I, it's, it definitely is very strong. So, um... I don't know. But, uh... And then, of 
so yeah, Buffalo Chicken Dip Legacy. Uh, Rob has uh, basically said that uh, there's going to be one on uh, November 20th, which is the same weekend as Eternal Weekend. Right. Uh, yeah, but we looked at the dates and we were like, oh, none of the dates really actually seem to like matter. So, right. okay, whatever. Uh, not a big deal. So we were like, okay, cool. Like we're gonna have uh, our own kind of eternal weekend at Buffalo Chicken Dip Legacy, and uh, I'm gonna say this right now: Rob um, commit did a commission uh, to uh, Adriano Catani, who is the uh, artist for MTG Goldfish, nice. uh, and he's gonna put it on. He's gonna have it printed and put in a, a frame, just like the Eternal Weekend portraits. And uh, I've seen it. And, um, yeah, I can't wait till he posts about this. Because uh, it's it's nuts. It looks really good. <laughs> like, really good. So, um, I'm real excited for this event. Uh, I don't really haven't figured out what I'm going to play. Uh, probably going to play the, the Thought Monitor pile uh, that I've been playing. Because that deck seems really good. So, okay. uh, but that's just probably what I'm going to play. So <laughs> I just haven't totally decided yet. So, but yeah, I, I'm looking at, at this here, like the, the, like this is happening on the same weekend as the Bayou event. So, uh, going back to the eternal weekend, yeah, the wasteland, which is on, uh, quote unquote on Friday, the Bayou on Saturday and Soul Library on Sunday, and looking at times for here, for those of us Eastern Standard Time, um, I'm not sure there's a good one. Yeah, it's here. it's not great. Yeah, I mean, granted, uh, what, like, everything looks like it, it's scheduled to start at 6 a.m. Eastern Time on... Yeah, uh, pretty much. Saturday. Pretty much. Saturday or Sunday. So, yeah, I if you want to go play paper cards, cool. You have this event happening in uh, the Columbus, Ohio area. Yep. Um, if not, you have Magic Online at an hour that may not be an hour you normally play. Right. So, who knows? Yeah, I, I'm excited for it because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Rob... For the anybody that knows Rob, Rob runs really good events, and uh, I don't know what else the prizes are going to be, but I know that this uh, portrait thing is just absolutely dope. Like it's 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 pretty cool looking. I'm I'm super impressed. So I'm I'm looking forward to that aspect of it. But uh, and so uh, that's really all I have about Legacy. Uh, we'll just talk a little bit about Vintage, uh, and. Okay. Vintage right now is like in one of the coolest, best places it's been in a long time. Uh, so if you're on the fence about thinking about playing like any vintage during like the all access thing, try it because it's super good right now. Uh, there's like a billion things you can do, and there's like tons of really fun decks, and there's also like a lot of really fun interaction between some of the decks. Yeah, there's a lot of Urza Saga in the format, but it's like pretty fun to play. You mean to tell me that a format whose the, the cards at the center of the format all have a zero for their mana cost would have a lot of Urza Saga? Hey. No, come, come on. Yeah. 
It's good though. It's it's uh it's like it's good, but it's also just like just fine. Like you know what I mean? Like it's it's weirdly just an okay, uh you know uh um, card in the format. Like it just right. it just does okay things. Like, Matter of fact, I'm gonna call this now. I think Urza Saga is just fine. Period, regardless of what format. Yeah, yeah. It seems seems just okay. Like it doesn't seem like incredibly super busted. And it, its only problem is that on the turn where it's about to go to the third chapter, you can make another construct. That's mm. really the only problem with the card, I think. Yeah, I mean, I that doesn't bother me. Uh, uh, I, I think it's funny that it makes that in Legacy it makes decks like uh, retro or cards like Retrofitter Foundry see play, which I think is just ultimately hilarious. Right, I think it's a commander. Card, yeah, yeah. It? I think it's great that that card sees play. Like it's just so so much fun that it's a that is a thing that we were able to put into this format uh, by just because uh, you know this this card exists that picks it up also like the deck that i'm thinking about playing this um uh emery like psi like thought monitor pile plays mm-hmm. plays on main deck uh one of shadow spear like <laughs> like shadow spear is a playable legacy card like That's what hot. the hell like <laughs> nobody would have ever thought about that like that that was a card that would see play uh but it does and i i'm like okay i'm i'm okay with this like that's sweet. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think I think vintage is great right now. Uh, it's uh, just super amounts of fun, and you can do a ton of different stuff. Um, I was playing a similar deck in uh, in vintage, vintage that I was playing in Legacy. The, um, the you know Thought Monitor, like Emery, like Urza, like Pile, or whatnot, and. It's just like eight thought cast effects, and you get to kind of just have uh, uh, have like a tinker plan, and it's a really fun deck from a standpoint of there's a lot of cool counterplay. It feels like a blue deck that doesn't feel like awful to play, uh, where you don't feel dumb if uh, you do something wrong, because uh, that's like ninety percent of blue decks that I've ever played is you just kind of feel stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I feel generally dumb in any mirror I play with a blue deck. Uh, because, yeah. Uh, and it's just generally awful, so. Uh, so Vintage is good. Uh, and then I've been playing a lot of Historic Brawl. <laughs> really? Yeah. What, what are you playing in Historic Brawl? Uh, tell, tell the fine folks at home. Uh, uh, Aluna Apex of Wishes has been the deck that I've been kind of just jamming for a while now. And that is, um, it's the... A muta- it's the Jeskai, or it's the, sorry, it's the Jeskai, it's the Rug Mutate uh, Mythic uh, from Ikoria, and it's basically it's the one that says uh, whenever it mutates, you exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land permanent card, and then you put that card onto the battlefield. Uh, and so uh, the only permanent in the deck is Omniscience. Uh, and you play a bunch of like things like Dragon Fodder and like Forbidden Friendship and Krenko's Command and that sort of thing. Uh, and then you, you play a bunch of card draw spells and you counter spells and extra turn spells and things that generate value, uh, that sort of thing. So, Sick. yeah, it, 
it's actually been a ton of fun, honestly. I think that's probably the most unique deck I've played in the format. And I also have, like, Chulane built uh, on there, and I play a lot of that, but I've been playing this a lot more. So, but uh, I think that's all I've got. I don't think we have anything else to talk about, so uh, we should probably... I, I have Golos built on Historic Brawl, but I don't play a lot of Historic Brawl. I, the fact that Golos is still legal after all the consternation about that card. I think I think the fact like, that they have the matchmaking system makes Golos kind of just okay. That that's true. Yeah. They, they do have that. Yeah, having the matchmaking system where it matches you like if you're going to play Golos, you're to reasonably expected to play against other Golos decks and like other like decks of that tier or whatnot. But I don't really know what tier Aluna sits in yet because I haven't played against a Golos deck with it yet. But I always tend to play against stuff like Kroxa or like Marwin, uh, like elves and stuff like that. Uh, oh. I'll play against various. I played against Arcades a couple times uh, with it, so uh, it just depends. Uh, but uh, like, I don't really know what tier that one sits in. Uh, but it seems a lot more strong. It seems a lot more powerful than uh, people think it is. Like, it's it's easy to interact with if you don't tap out and you have removal. Like, you kind of right. have to, like, play around removal sometimes. And I have won some games. I won a game today where I, like, just kind of, like, kept casting, like, all my little creature spells, the generated creature spells, and just kept attacking with these creatures uh, <laughs> and won that way. <laughs> uh, so. One fair and square. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was weird. I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm just winning by stopping them from doing stuff and attacking. Because I couldn't cast a Luna because I had nothing in my hand to, like, go off with. Uh, so I couldn't mutate a Luna, but, uh, right, yeah. yeah, you just don't want to mutate just to mutate, right. you want to mutate and then immediately cast, start doing stuff, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. I did cast, um, I think it was like yesterday, I cast like a hunting pack for 21 Storm, uh, which is ridiculous, that's the one that creates a 4-4 beast, uh, for Storm, uh, so that's kind of fun. Um, but, uh, there's like all the, obviously all we talked about like Arun's Epiphany and like Karn's Temporal Sundering. Yeah, uh, is in there. That's really cool to cast when you have a Luna in play because you get to bounce something and take an extra turn. Uh, Overflowing insight, like Seagate restoration, magma opus. uh, You know, body of research, uh, which is kind of hilarious. So yeah, there's tons of really good stuff uh, in the deck. So it seems fun. I'm enjoying playing it. I'm sure it's not tuned, and the mana base sucks, but yeah. I, I tend to just throw things together on Arena and just kind of hope for the best. So right. we'll go from there. But anyways, um, we should probably wrap up here. Uh, yeah. So I think that's all we have for today. So uh, let's uh, go ahead and start by having Scott tell everybody where they could find them on the internet. And we'll go from there. Uh, you can find me on the internet, and I'm mostly on Twitter, at MTG Packfoils. Uh, it's good for both Twitter and Facebook. Uh, I know I keep saying I'm going to write some stuff soon. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Mm. Maybe soon. We'll, we'll see. Uh, if I can get a loan account before the early access and start playing some Magic Online, maybe get those creative juices going again. But, you know, I've uh, been taking my dog on walks after I log out of work and taking... Dogs are great. I'm sorry, just dogs are great. Mm. If there's anything I ever want to do, it's like, 
eh, spend time with my dog. I'll, I'll do stuff later. You know? <laughs> yeah, speaking, <laughs> so, speaking of, I'm going to have to go take care of him here. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, if you want to read magic content from someone who actually does a lot of writing, Joe, where can people find your work? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at VolRathXP. You can also find the uh, me on MTG Goldfish every Tuesday and every Thursday with uh, This Week in Legacy and, and um, Vintage 101. You can also find the cast at the Astrolab cast and the Astrolab podcast at gmail.com. And uh, that brings us to the end of episode 54 of the Astrolab podcast. And we had recorded a while because we were I've been busy doing stuff, but hopefully we'll get back and more into a uh, a more regular recording. So we'll see. Yeah, get, get back into a regular flow just in time for the winter holidays to interrupt it all. Again. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. So anyways, uh, that's all I've got. So uh, thank you guys for listening and uh, have a great night. Nanu, nanu.